Hi, guys. Hi. Hi. Hi, Hi Crispo. Hi. <laughs> Uh, if you guys don't know me, um, I'm Savannah. Um, I get to work here as a middle school intern, so it's a little weird. I'm up here teaching for young adults, but Crispy died, decided to lose his voice uh, again. I think it's because he keeps screaming at people. It might be, it might be it. I don't know. But um, I'm going to continue in our second week of this series called Gratitude. Um, and as you could tell, we are basing it off the song Gratitude, um, if you didn't catch that on yet. Um, But before we get anywhere, before we get started, um, a little birdie told me that on Thursday night, if you were here for small groups this last Thursday, you guys kind of came to terms with um, this challenge that all of you wanted to do. And so I'm going to invite my friend Zach Moon up to kind of talk about the experience, talk about what you guys talked about and things like that. So give it up for Zach. Oh yeah, I forgot. You don't have a mic. <laughs> cool. Here you go. What's Check. up, Zach? Cool. It's on. Yeah. So just tell everybody kind of. Yeah. I wasn't there, so kind of explain yeah, your so challenge and everything. Yeah. Kind of as Savannah mentioned on Thursday, we talked about uh, fasting being an act of gratitude and worship. And uh, so, yeah, during small groups, we just kind of, towards the end, kind of agreed that we were all, I don't know, like seven, six or seven of us all decided on uh, fasting through Friday morning to like Sunday afternoon, evening, kind of through that day. Um, And so, yeah, for me, I've tried fasting before. I don't think I've ever made it past a day. Um, But I just remember, you know, in that moment, I've just been in sort of a desert season, if, if that's a good word, and uh, God's kind of been distant, haven't really been hearing his voice, and so I'm like, man, I need something, you know, I want to try something new, and um, I didn't really know what I was going to get out of it, and um, all I can really describe it as being just a constant state of worship throughout that entire time. Um, I think there's one verse that says to do everything you do in the name of Jesus Christ. And while you're fasting, you just have this constant, you know, reminder of, man, I'm hungry, but, <laughs> but I'm doing it for Jesus, you know. And it was just a good reminder for me through those couple days. It was really challenging. I still had to work and everything. But it was a good reminder just to, um, just to put your weakness onto Jesus. You know, he's the bread of life, and he sustains our every need. And, um, yeah, it was just, it was a good experience for me, and um, was something that kind of came to mind throughout those couple days was Pastor John always uses this analogy of a dog fight to where you have two dogs fighting. One dog is like the spirit, the other dog is the flesh, and you know, if your dog is fighting against the other dog, and you're wanting your dog to win, you're going to feed your dog, and you're going to starve the other one. And he kind of compared that to our kind of beings is that we are made of flesh and spirit. And sometimes that flesh, we can just get so distracted and feed our flesh so much. And, you know, sometimes we just have to starve that flesh and just spend time, you know, in prayer and worship and reading and just feeding our spirit. And um, I can say for me, and I'm sure 
sure other people that tried it could say the same thing. You're just kind of walking out of that couple days, just not everything's fixed by any means, but um, you're just having a little more peace of, you know, maybe your relationship with God. And um, yeah, yeah, that's, that's pretty much it. And I don't know if this is a coincidence or what, but um, I've been kind of, oh, whoops, I think. No, it's oh. on. Okay. Um, I've been kind of praying for like an internship type thing for next spring. I don't really know what that look, looked like, and I've just been kind of praying for it. And literally the day after I started fasting, I wasn't even really praying for it while I was fasting, but the day after I was fasting, uh, one of my old basketball coaches reached out to me asking me to coach this upcoming basketball season. And I had you know, like no idea, no plans of coaching at all. I've just been kind of like, you know, I need something to do. And uh, so yeah, I don't know if that was a coincidence or a God thing, I don't know, but uh, yeah. So that, that's pretty much it. Yeah. yeah. It's awesome. Yeah, I loved, he kind of mentioned, um, like, throughout the whole kind of that challenge of fasting and things like that, like, one thing that stuck out to me that he said was, like, remembering to keep God in every circumstance. And I think that's really, it's kind of interesting he said that because it's a little bit along the lines of what we're going to talk about tonight. Um, so we're in the series called Gratitude, and we're kind of basing it off the song Gratitude. Um, and what we're going to talk about tonight um, is kind of the chorus of that song. Um, if you haven't heard the chorus, I don't know what you're doing with your life because we, we do this song a lot. But um, I want to look at the chorus, and I want to focus um, on just that little bit of it um, and focus kind of on the first line in the chorus. So, oh, it's up there. Cool. Um, so the chorus of the song is, so I throw up my hands and praise you again and again, because all that I have is a hallelujah. And I know it's not much, but I have nothing else fit for a king, except for a heart singing hallelujah. Um, so in a minute, I want to kind of just look at that first part of it that's like, so I throw up my hands and praise you again and again. But before, I'm just going to pray. Um, I need to pray because it'll just help me. Uh, but dear Jesus, I just thank you um, for the young adults in this room. I thank you just for bringing them into the space, um, whether they've been going here for years or they're just now walking into um, this community. And my prayer and my hope is that it can just be this safe place and this place where they can talk about real life because real life is hard and real life happens. And, um, I just pray that this can be a place for not only just growing together, but getting to learn about you and getting to learn what it looks like to have a true heart of gratitude for you. Um, I pray that uh, you would just speak through me and you'd speak um, through your word to um, the people in this room that whatever they're carrying, whatever they brought into this room with them tonight, that they would just fall at your feet and that they would just give it to you and just hear the things you want to teach them tonight. We love you, God. Amen. So, again, we're talking about gratitude. We're talking about this part of the song. 
And I want to focus again on the, so I throw up my hands and praise you again and again. And why I want to look at that is because it, it, it's going into the story we're going to talk about in the Bible. We're going to talk about this girl in the Old Testament, um, in the book of 1 Samuel. Her name's Hannah. Um, we're going to talk a little bit about her story and just kind of this experience that she had, um, not only with God, but it was just this desire that she had. Um, so if you've read the story, um, kind of about how Samuel was born and things like that, um, Hannah was in this situation where she was married, she followed Jesus, she loved Jesus, she um, knew so much about him, and, uh, but the one thing that she desired more than anything was to have kids. And she wasn't able to conceive. She wasn't able to have uh, kids of her own. And so for a lot of time, she kept begging and praying that some point in her life she could have kids, but it never seemed to happen. And so in this story, we see uh, she goes finally in this one moment, and she goes to God, and she's like, God, kind of like a compromise she's making. She's like, God, if you give me a son, as soon as he's born, I'll give him back to you. And it, what blows my mind in that is like, it's this one thing that she desires more than anything. She wants children that she can love and that she can show God to. It's this one thing that she desires more than anything in her life, and she's willing to give it, give it up. But she's still willing to do it. And so time goes on. Her son is born. They name him Samuel. But she knows she has to give it up. So she stays true to her word. She um, stays true to the promise she made to God. And so she gives the son back to God. And later on, uh, we see this guy named Eli come in, and he is um, this priest who uh, lives and works in the tabernacle. And uh, Samuel kind of becomes his servant. Um, and it's a little bit later in the story. But the point is, is She gave up the one thing she desired the most. She was willing to give it up, even though she prayed for it and she wanted it more than anything. She gave it up. And I think for a lot of us, when we're in that situation and we have to give up something or we have to do something that we don't really want to do, I think that our mind goes the opposite of Hannah in this situation. That when hard things happen in our life, when we lose people in our life, when we have to give up things, imagine being in Hannah's position where she got the thing that she wanted and she was so thankful and grateful, but she had to give it up. 
And we're going to jump into this story, and uh, we're going to be in 1 Samuel chapter 2. And this is kind of when she's in this moment. She's given up Samuel back to God, and she's in this moment of prayer and praise. And we're going to be in 1 Samuel chapter 2, verse 1. And the very first thing that she says, I think it's up there. Oh, yeah, cool. She says, my heart rejoices in the Lord. I want to stop right there. She says, my heart rejoices in the Lord. Well, I think that's so crazy to think about. Is that the first initial response she has to giving up the one thing she desired most in her life was rejoicing. She was rejoicing and celebrating and full of gratitude and full of excitement. Not because she gave up her son, not because she had to give up this one desire, but I think that for us in our life, when hard things happen, it's so easy to find gratitude and to be grateful when good things happen. When we know that God is working in our life and doing good things, but I think it's harder. And I don't think necessarily when we lose a loved one or we find out someone's sick or we're depressed or we're anxious or we think life is too hard, I don't think our initial reaction, I don't think our heart posture would be to just rejoice. And that's what I love about Hannah in the story is that even though she had to do something as hard as giving up her son, her heart was then to rejoice. Going further into that, it says, the Lord has made me strong. Now I have an answer for my enemies. I rejoice because you rescued me. Um, the next part of that going into it, it says, no one is holy like the Lord. There is no one beside you. There is no rock like our God. The Lord gives both death and life. He brings some down to the grave, but raises others up. The Lord makes some poor and others rich. He brings some down and lifts others up. He lifts the poor from the dust and the needy from the garbage dump. I don't know why it says garbage dump in the Bible. That's weird, but you know, it is what it is. Uh, he sets them among princes, placing them in the seats of honor. For all the earth is the Lord's, and he has set the world in order. And why I read that part of the story, and going back again to her first initial response, was to rejoice and to be full of joy. And I think the reasoning, again, it's not because she was super thrilled or excited to give up the one thing she's wanted her whole life. 
I think it's because she allowed her heart of gratitude to not be connected, to not be tied with her circumstances. She didn't allow the hard things and the thought of giving up this one thing to completely wreck her heart of gratitude. Instead, she rejoiced and she was in awe of God's goodness and God's grace and God's love and the things that he was doing in her life. That's why she rejoiced. That's why she was full of joy because she knew who her God was. And again, I think it can be so easy to praise God and be grateful and have a heart of gratitude when life is easy, when life is good. And I think it can be hard to do that when hardships happen. Things happen in our life and I think our initial response is why God is this happening? Why God am I struggling? Why God did so-and-so pass away? I think we get angry with God. We get angry at the world. We sit in frustration. The last thing we think about is rejoicing. Because let's be honest, we're not gonna be happy about someone dying in our life. We're not gonna be happy when someone hurts us. I know for me, the last thing that I'm going to do when something hard happens, I don't find myself taking time to see who God actually is. And I think that's the thing that happens. And I love, again, Hannah's heart and her heart posture because she proves that she didn't just rejoice because of her circumstances. She didn't let that be tied. And I wonder how much in our life, in the good and the bad, how much do we actually see how good God is? How in awe are we of his goodness and his presence in our life? Because I think that when our gratitude is tied to our circumstances, it makes us more angry. It makes us more resentful. It makes us less of the posture of Hannah. And not to say that we can't be angry when hard things happen, not that we can't have emotion or feel those things. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that we have to see what it's like to change our hearts of gratitude and tie it to who God is. 
and not to our circumstances. Tying it to God's character, tying it to who he is and who he says that he is and to his word. And not keeping it tied to the good and the bad and the hard things that happen in our life because they are going to happen. What would it look like if we set our hearts and tied it to who God is? Knowing that God is in control of your life. He knows everything from the moment you were born to the moment you'll die. He knows every second of every moment. God is in control of your life. God is doing things in your life. And the way that we can know that is not only by knowing his character, but trusting in the things that he's already done in your life, the goodness he's already brought, the things he's done in your life. I think for a lot of people, when hard things happen, it's easy to just blame God. Like, why would, if you're so good, why, why would you do that? I think we hear that all the time, like, Why would God do that if he's so good? But the reality is, is we live in a broken and sinful world. We make mistakes, we mess up. Hard things happen and we don't know why. And it's easy to just go to that posture of hatred, to anger, to lashing out at other people or trying to do it on our own. Trying to go and fight on our own. It reminds me of the story of Jonah when, if you know the story, we know that he kind of, he went against the call that God had placed on his life. He went and tried to go and do life on his own and try and be on his own. And God was like, no, you're, you're gonna listen to me. And so he faced the consequence of trying to do it on his own and trying to go and do life and not do the calling that God had on his life. And so Jonah was literally put into the belly of a big fish. And I don't know if it's a whale, I don't know if it's a fish, it's really controversial. But he faced that consequence because he didn't listen to God. And so I think it's easy for us as human beings. We, we want to be like Jonah when things get hard or even just in life in general. We want to go and we want to do life on our own. But God's like, no. If you want to follow me, follow what I'm calling you to do. You don't have to do it alone. I know life is going to get hard, but I want you to trust in me. I want you to be tied to me and be dependent on me, knowing that I'm in control. And I think that when we know the character of God, when we know that he's in control and that he's good and that he loves us, It gives us this hope for, again, not only what he's already done in our lives, 
but what he's going to continue to do. And Van, you guys can come back up, but going back to uh, the lyrics, and I don't know if you guys could get that song, the song lyrics back up, that slide. So I throw up my hands and praise you again and again. The reason I focus on that certain line is because that's exactly what Hannah did. She didn't just have this heart of gratitude when life was easy. She wasn't just grateful to God that he gave her a son. But she also had that same heart of gratitude, even when she knew she had to give it up. She continued to throw up her hands and to praise God again and again. And she tied that gratitude, not to the circumstances, not to the thing that she had to give up, not to the hard things that have happened in her life or that may happen. She tied her heart to God and who he is and the things he's doing in her life. And so I wonder what it would look like if we began to look at our lives and seeing what we're actually tying to God, giving to God, depending on God for. And is our heart of gratitude being noticed or depended on our circumstances? Or are we tying it to the character of God? Because I think when we can tie it to God, when we can know his character, when we can know he's in control and he has a plan for our life, I think that's truly what gives us the freedom to rejoice, to have joy, even in the hard circumstances, to have that heart of gratitude at all times. It's hard, it's not easy. We just want to be angry when hard things happen. We want to know everything that's going to happen. But that's kind of where the trust and the faith thing comes in with God. Because he's not going to tell us everything that's going to happen. Because he wants us to run to him and be tied to him. Even when hard things happen. And I think I, I kind of talk about this. I give messages a lot for middle school and I always kind of end on this note of knowing that we all have a choice. We have a choice in how we want to walk out into the world and how we want our hearts to be. Yes, life is going to suck. Yes, life is going to be hard. Yes, people are going to hurt us or be mean to us. 
Yes, we might lose people we love. But what is your heart going to look like? Is it going to be a heart of gratitude or is it going to be a heart of anger? Are you going to be running to Jesus or are you going to be trying to do it on your own? I was thinking about this earlier that I think a lot of times we like to put God as this like 911 emergency call. That when we are in desperate need of help, when we feel like giving up, when we feel like life is too hard to do, then we go to God. We don't really remember him or go to him or in awe of him when life is easy and life is good. So what would it look like to actually go to him in all of it, to have that heart of gratitude at all times, in the good and the bad, and not thinking you have to rejoice because it's hard, but rejoicing because our God is good. Our God is in control and he knows your life, what's gonna happen. And that's when we get to have that heart of gratitude. We're actually gonna sing gratitude in a few minutes and I love the bridge of it because it talks about that lion and it talks about getting up and not being shy and telling people about Jesus. And I have a feeling that Hannah in this story was excited to rejoice and had this heart to rejoice and be grateful and wanted people to know that same God, wanted people to know the God that she follows and is dependent on. So what is your heart gonna be tied to? What is your gratitude in seasons of your life gonna look like? Is it tied to God or is it tied to circumstances? Let's pray. Dear Jesus, I thank you that you are good and you are in control and you know every single moment of our life. I thank you that you give us that heart of gratitude and that you don't shame us when we run away from you or wanna do it on our own. You don't make us feel bad, but you love us and you want us to have a relationship with you and you want us to have that heart of gratitude and be in complete awe of the things that you've done in our life and the things that you're gonna continue to do in our life if we choose to follow you, if we choose that heart of gratitude. And so I pray for everybody in this room 
I don't know the stories that they've walked through. I don't know the things that they've done, the things. I don't know their testimonies. I don't know how long they've known you. You know all of that. And I pray that in this moment, they would just run to you with a heart of gratitude. Even though life feels hard right now, even though they feel like they can't carry the weight, they would just be so in awe of your goodness and that you will carry them and they don't have to walk alone. We love you, God. Amen.